Welcome everyone to the 110th episode of Politically High Tech with your host, Elias Illusion Empire. In this great episode, I got to interview Jeff Ward, the almost seasoned, almost veteran guest we ever had in the show. Back then it was called Politically Entertainment with Evolving Randomness, here for short. But uh, we discussed various different topics. We talked drunken sex laws update, yes. Only in Illinois, I could say, they have done something as interesting as that. And I'm just putting it very mildly. Talk about the Roe v. Wade overturn, LGBTQ tyranny. I know it's controversial to some of you, but it's true they willing power like mad people, no better than their straight oppressors. Minorities affecting them, Democrats, especially the Hispanic group, and some of the blacks, and certain Asians. And we also talked about CRT, critical race theory, or and SEL, especially with their um, left-wing alterations that make it very, very divisive. So, I know this all sounds controversial, but this is a show for grown people. This is a show for people who's open-minded, someone who wants to hear independent, or an alternative voice, if you will, to these issues. I'm not going to speak the mainstream media talking point. If you like that, then don't listen to this podcast. This is not for you. And the and the group I do not want listening to this podcast is minors. If minors are listening to this podcast, you have failed as a parent. Yes, I know it's controversial, but that's true. You have failed as a parent. They are not supposed to be listening to this show. This is very mature. Very, very, very mature. Ironically, I'm not sound that mature. I sound like a madman right now. I cannot emphasize this enough. All right. Anyways, you have Jeff Ward here. I'm sure some of you listeners enjoy his wit, his intellect, his blue dog Democrat opinion. Oh, and his Illinois insight. Illinois insight. Sounds a little weird. All right. Never mind. And actually done something very very interesting, and I'm going to share it in the good description. You know, that's all I could do. And it was created by Pineapple Studios. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to give it away. It's going to be fascinating stuff. I'm going to listen to it myself, and that'll be a reason for me just to get him back. All right, anyways, that's just for your first segment. And all of it, and the source of it is the thefirstward.net. That's his website. He's the big honcho, the CEO of it, founder, whatever you want to call it. He's that. And then for the second segment, we talked about mid-tech, right? It's always going to be called mid-tech from episode 106 to onward. Until I change your mind, but I don't think I'm going to be changing my mind anytime soon, the way this current trajectory is going. So we got LimeWare becoming a dumping ground for celebrity NFT. Yes, the same LimeWare you have used. Uh, my fellow generation, if you know who you are, same line where we get to download free music and viruses if you're not careful through that software, which is pretty illegal. Anyways, and then for CNET, Meta's no language left behind. AI can now translate to 200 languages. That's very impressive. I don't think no human could ever do that. So that is an AI superpower right there. And we get into it. And of course, you have their little woke agenda caveat with it whatever and then we have hackers using youtube videos to trick people to installing malware that pretends to be security 
steal a whole bunch of information. Oh, yes, a whole bunch of information. So that's all we have for the second segment, mid-tech. Now for Weird Topic Finale. This is going to be an extension for primary politics because there's a, there was just a lot of interesting political development, especially in Asia. So we're going east to west here. It's East Asia, then to West Asia. A lot of Asian news. And it was just too important for me to pass up. Okay. So for Weird Topic Finale, we have only two items. Shinzo Abe was killed. He was trying to help strengthen Japan's military abilities. It's just, it's sad. And this is gun violence. Extremely rare in Japan. It's like America. You know, sadly, we have become so desensitized to that. You know, bang, bang, bang. So, I mean, some of us have hit that stage of severe desensitization. So, um, okay, another guy just got killed by a uh, gun. While there's people that are still crying. Some people, you know, it's not easy. It's really not easy. So they got killed. That's extremely shocking for Japan. And never issue gun laws, let's just say that. And uh, I'm gonna get more into that. That's all I'm gonna say. And then for the second item, the Cosmo Chronicle, uh, one is questioning the necessity of the Arab NATO. Yes, there's a there's development of an Arab version of NATO. And it's been trying, you know, actually it's been trying to be pushed by the United States since Barack Obama. Donald Trump wanted that as well. We have Mr. Biden. Mr. Biden, if you want to redeem yourself by one iota, do this shit right. Okay? Don't say I'm being disrespectful to the leader. He has disrespected Americans with this inflation and other things as well, and spreading wokeism to the hundredth power. So don't, don't, don't do that with me. Don't do that. And this article's gonna get into it, and it's gonna be very, very, very interesting how this develops. I me, personally, I'm just going to say right now, I think it's needed. But I am not going to go too deep until you reach the third and final segment. Okay? So, with that out of the way, let's jump into the first segment ASAP. Hey, welcome everyone to our most veteran guest here. This is the third <laughs> time here. Wasn't I the first Mr. guest you ever had? Yeah, the first guest. Okay. I'm on First reoccurring. The first one hitting you three times. You have no competition. I'm not going to mention the competition. Well, my one wife says I'm to... one of a kind. So, yeah. you know, good to know. <laughs> yeah, nope. So he's the first one coming here three times. I broke it up to five different episodes, people. So I interview him three Whoa. times. Broke up to five times. Yep. If you want to say he's invading my podcast, I say, yeah, it's only, it's only true to a small degree. I don't mind it. He's great. Um, you know, I don't want to be a loner forever. I can't, I can't keep doing monologues forever. So let's welcome Jeff Moore for the third time. Well, thank you so much, Elias. I am thrilled and honored to be back. I I love talking oh, to you. Thing. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, it's from so abruptly. Go ahead. Yeah, this podcast is called Politically High Tech Now. No more peer. Peer was it fly over people's heads. So just, just the name change people. That's all I'm, I'm good. I'm sorry. Go way. ahead. Yeah, well, no, I'm thrilled to be back. I, I enjoy our discussions. We come from immensely different backgrounds, but um, end up thinking a lot alike. And it's not that we have to think alike, 
but in these days of bitter, you know, digression from the truth and, uh, you know, arguing your point at all costs, it's kind of fun to sit back with someone and just kind of go, yeah, you know, this is where it's headed. And uh, we, we may not agree on everything, but we generally agree that, you know, where things need to change and where we need to get to. So I'm, I'm happy to be back on the show. I'm not, I'm just happy to have you, period. I mean, that's, I mean, uh, it's you know, it's going to take this opinion columnist, investigative journalist a little time to get used to somebody being happy to see me, but I'll do my best <laughs> to get there. <laughs> that, that I'm pretty, I, I mean, if you was a politician, don't, I don't mind trying to bow your feet to the ground. I don't give you bird or cry. Right. Or you I say, you see, this is what happens when you try to get the truth. They run away, cowards. I will oh, talk bad do. about them. Oh, that, that's my aggressive stuff. I haven't gotten uh, a stupid politician yet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's, not that, it's yeah. not that difficult. Although I got to tell you, man, Illinois, and I don't want to get too far off, enacted right. a law that makes drugs, drunk sex illegal. So if you have in sex while intoxicated, it, it, both the man and the woman, they're both rapist and victim, according to the law. They mm -hmm. tried to close a loophole about... Um, you know, it, the law, the statute said, you know, if you give the woman or man the intoxicating substance, yeah, you're, you're, you're guilty of rape. Now, because of one particular young Northwestern woman, it doesn't matter who gives you the intoxicating substance and they don't define intoxication. So I tried to get that general assemblyman on the show and mm -mm, can you say chicken shit? I knew you could. He would not come on, but that's a long way to go to uh, explain your right. But it's getting harder and harder to get politicians on, and that's fine. Oh no, I'm 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 all right with it. Um, I'm okay with it quite personally because I look at them as you know demons in the flesh. That's how I generally. <laughs> well, there are some good ones, and I mean, uh, I'm sure, but, but you know, uh, but cynical, yeah. logical me takes over real quickly, and it's like, okay. Mm -hmm. What is this piece of shit one? Okay, what 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 what's the bull crap? You know, I said you know, coming from New York, you think a lot of people are bullshitters. You got internet oh, ads, yeah. and physical ads, people ads. You know, we do all kinds. Uh, of you know, we live in the uh, well, we my family live in the corrupt state of Illinois, and I oh. grew up in South Evanston and in the north side of Chicago. So, I have to tell you, as far as unique politicians go. I don't think New York has anything on Chicago. Yeah, you're actually right about that. No, they 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 just normal, established, corrupt. They could change the skin, the gender. It doesn't matter. It's corrupt. Yeah, they yeah, could change. And you know, just no, cosmetic change. With the dailies long gone, the elder and younger. I mean, the city is in this vast state of flux. It is beyond violent. People are moving out. The taxes are obscene. I mean, I won't even you know you know speed cameras, red light cameras. If all you see me as is a walking or driving wallet, I'm not going to come into your city. So what's what's on the burner for today, Elias? What are we going to talk uh, about? Well, our lovely Roe v. Wade being overturned and how the Republicans are generally happy and how the left has generally lost their shit three times a day. And that's moderate. Oh, man. You know. I, I have tried to warn local Democrats, very few of whom will listen, some of whom I got elected. I have tried to explain that when you pander, when you act consistently acquiesce to the wacky, progressive, artificially woke wing of your party, 
strange things are going to happen. And, and, and that's exactly what happened here. You know, I wrote a column on it. And again, my blog is thefirstward.net. And I talked about, you know, the first thing um, the Democrats did was uh, alienate their base. And, and by here. bases or base, I mean, you know, they, they're, they're working class base and their minority base. But the biggest issue, Elias, was the Bernie bros. You know, the the Bernie bros uh, got all excited. You know, they, they, they were thrilled. Bernie came in a close second. Hillary probably pulled a little shit to uh, get him to beat him. But, you know, f- for the revolution Bernie was proclaiming, he got much farther than I ever thought he would. Part of it was that Hillary was such a terrible candidate mm-hmm. and, and not a great person, not a likable person. Mm-hmm. So when the Bernie bros, uh, I, I mean, I keep wanting to say Bernie bros and hoes, but you probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> but when the Bernie bros and sisters didn't get what they wanted when they wanted, when these children of participation trophies, teachers who couldn't criticize them, you know, gradeless homework didn't get what they wanted. They took their football and went home. You know, so Hillary Clinton still somehow managed to win the popular vote in 2016, but she lost the election. Had the Bernie bros, particularly in the Rust Belt, uh, that's, well, they we did vote for Hillary Clinton in Illinois, but Ohio, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, although, you know, et cetera, came out and voted for Hillary like they voted for Bernie, Donald Trump would be a distant, distasteful memory right now. But they had no concept of the revolution won't be televised, to, to quote Jill Skill Scott Heron. They had no concept that Hillary was a necessary step, perhaps, to a candidate like Bernie. And they had uh, no, no, because, you know, we can't allow them. Progressives can't allow anyone to feel bad for a nanosecond. No one can get picked last for dodgeball, Elias. You know, they had no concept of sometimes the lesser of two evils is truly the lesser of two evils. And Hillary, you know, even our conservative writers in the Chicago Tribune said, no, 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 I'm voting for Hillary because she's sane. You know, national conservative writers were saying that they had no concept. So that's the first issue. Then you get to the Democrats abandoning their base. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the blue collar workers. It's the minorities, particularly black and Hispanic, but not just them, who consistently put them in power and mm-hmm. made the Democratic Party meaningful. But, but you know, Barack Obama was the last one to understand that. If you recall, in 2012... Mm-hmm. He took nine out of nine battleground states. And that's quite nobody, you know, only a campaign manager like myself would understand the, the 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 vastness of that feat, the magnitude. But Hillary didn't even go to the Rust Belt states. Donald Trump, they laughed at him when he went there, and then he won most of them. You know, those folks are they're not they're they're blue dog Democrats. They're what I am, you know, Evanston, classic Evanston, Illinois liberals. And which means they still believe in personal responsibility. Don't spend all my money. And then and then the Democrats start acquiescing to the farthest right, I'm sorry, left 
wing of their party. And, you know, and I'm one of the few people on Facebook, one of the few columnists, one of the few political podcasters that has friends across the entire spectrum. I have friends who would kill for me who are rabid Trump supporters. I have friends who would, well, maybe kill me, but friends who stand <laughs> up for me who are radical progressives. And every time we're with the progressives, when I said you realize every time you do this personal pronoun bullshit, I'm too old to keep track, Elias, you are driving those middle of the road women into Trump's camp because they don't get it. You know, they they don't consider them or when or call them a racist. They don't get it. They're, they're just trying to live their lives. The whole any carry- good critical questions consider racist, sexist, all these other is well, or whatever. Yeah, I mean they're they're just trying and or then they, they're trying to live their lives. They don't believe they're racist. They, they they could probably learn a little more, but can't we all, Elias? I mean, yeah, we, we all, we all get better. Anymore. And then when you call, and then when you know, you get hammered for calling uh, formerly Bruce Jenner he, when oh. you get you know when they act as if you you press you press a nuclear button. Yeah, exactly. And they go nuts. And then the whole bit about you know there's a there's a great video on YouTube about there, there's no difference between white supremacists and progressives. Everything is about race and everything is about sex. Mm-hmm. And you have these two actors playing. Yeah, yeah. And they're agreeing with each other. And, and that's the case. It's like, uh, um, I don't care. You know what? I don't need to know you're gay. I want you to be happy. Yeah. I want you to live your life. I don't like public display, public displays of affection. So no, I don't go for that stuff. But I mean, you live like, your life while imposing your crap on other people. I, right. I, I don't, you know what? I, I don't need to know what you do in your bedroom. Your sexuality, and it's the pajority of your, mm-hmm. is, is the last true? checkbox on yeah. the list to judge the content of your character. Yeah. It is. But when it becomes everything, when oh, people yeah. make the slightest mistake, um, and then the double vast double standard. I don't know if you heard recently Lizzo. I'm not a fan, but I'm thrilled she's her, her music is successful. But she used the word spaz in a song. And my God, if it was a white person that said that, which by the way, spastic was here long before, mm-hmm. you know, um, was it ALS or yeah, multi or multiple sclerosis, one of the two before it was applied to that. And I'm sorry, I don't use the word spastic, but and I'm getting off a little bit. But when you attack people for it and don't attack black people for it, you know, it drives people away from the party. Yeah. So, so what happened? They have too many, and I think just to add on, the, the, the especially the <clears throat> further left wing, they have too many protective classes that are actually against each other, too. That's another thing. Yeah, oh, they play, you know, as Bill Myers says, they play identity politics against each yeah. other. Yeah. So, and then when everything's worse, I mean, we have we try to protect all the gays, the, the lesbians, the bisexuals, and even the Muslims. Uh, that's a big, you know, because Muslim beliefs are very, you know, they're very devout in their in their beliefs, you know. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, and I mean, and this, you know, I mean, look what happened in San Francisco, Elias. Asians had become reliable Democratic voters. And then you have Chesa Gowden, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, the San Francisco district attorney, who basically legalized crime. I don't know if you saw the stories 
And I mean, Walgreens. I pay attention here and there. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've been paying but you would see these videos of people walking into Walgreens, emptying mm-hmm. the shelves and walking out and the security guards doing nothing about it. And they, yeah. they'd never be charged. The law is a thing. And correct me if I'm off that you could rob, I think, up to $900 worth of merchandise without any, um, any, crim- without any consequences. That's yeah, well, and, and, and that has changed. But, um, but, you know, he got recalled. He got recalled by almost two-thirds of the vote in a city that may well be the most liberal city in the United States. So, and, and then, I mean... That's really bad. I mean, it that's is, and, and, bad. They, and, they, and Democrats won't wake up. I mean, you, you know what? I'm going to have to look at the column briefly. But, you know, this, this constant pandering to transgender uh, folks... No. Uh, again, do what you do, what makes you happy. You know, when you see, you know, the, the, the Jeopardy champion, why do you need to put transgender in front of his name? Just yeah. he's a person or she, Ooh, I got to be careful. But you have the, you had Elizabeth Warren in 2016, the Senator from the Northeast. Yeah. Standing up and telling Iowans, you know, in this race to who's the most ideological, ideologically pure, that before she appoints a secretary of education, she would have a nine-year-old trans student vet them, and that candidate would go no further unless that nine-year-old felt comfortable with them. And that was the end of her uh, campaign. Because that was ridiculous to the 50th power. Right. And what the Democrats... Uh, how can a nine-year-old make that decision unless... He, she, well, it, it's, want to be it's, yeah, it's a genius. But this is what it is. It's a race to see who's the purest. I mean, yeah, the, I know, the yeah, right just screams. Yeah. The, le- the left tries to reach this platonic woke ideal. And, right. and you know, for the Democrats, as I wrote in the column, I mean, for the Democrats to pander to 0.053% of the population is not a strategy. No, it's it's not- a to defeat. So now you've got all this going on and what happens? Donald Trump gets elected. Um, Donald, any functioning Democratic Party should have beaten Donald Trump with one hand hand tied behind their back. Sorry about that. But, But because they were so collectively insane, Trump won. Trump stacked the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. It's very simple, but you can't tell Democrats, it's not, you know, Latinos. You know, Ronald Reagan years ago said Latinos are Republicans. They just don't know it yet. And you have got the Democrats insisting on calling them Latinx, Latin with an X at the end. And, you know, a recent- 3% Gala, approval rating at best. Yeah, 2% of, of right. Latinos like it. And 40% find it offensive, yet the Democrats insist on using it. You can't deal with that level of insanity. So, I mean, the good news is if you look at the map, and there's a bit of irony here, uh, you know, my, my progressive friends are like, it's only the coast. It's, no, 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 no. Nevada, Nebraska, uh, Kansas, um, and I'm not, New Mexico, perhaps. Every state except the Deep South, you know, after this decision, borders a state that will keep abortion legal. So not all that much has changed other than you'll have to travel to do it. And I guarantee you the shady clinics, what, um, oh, I was going to say what you and I grew up with, but I'm a bit older than you, will re-pop up. But the irony being 
you know, the, only in the deep south will they not border a state. And, and of course, Illinois being centrally located and very uh, blue uh, is the number one state for uh, the number of abortions. And but of course, Georgia and Florida are number two and number three. So that's going to be kind of fascinating. And, and they're not going to have easy access anymore. But they're, they're the only two states where you can't just drive a couple hours or, or less than an hour or less than a couple hours and not get an abortion. But that's it, Elias. I mean, you get exactly what you deserve. Uh, it, it, like, like I said, it started with the Bernie Bros. You have to understand at some point there truly is a lesser of two evils. And you have to be able to see that you don't go from Barack Obama, Barack Obama, I tried to say Barack Obama and Bernie Sanders at the same time. You don't go from Barack Obama to Bernie Sanders. That's never the way it works. The pendulum swings back a little bit. Yeah. Now, that's the thing that the progressive was just never understanding. Nope. I've listened to their commentary. A lot of them, they want big radical change instantaneously if they had their way. Right. That, you know, and it, it doesn't work. And it keeps saying, oh, incrementalism doesn't work. That's bull. It's the only thing work. that works. Our entire political system is devised so we don't become what Italy used to be and change governments every three weeks. You know, you get nowhere with that stuff. There, there's a reason why political change takes time, while the shift in the electorate takes time, while the shift in who gets elected takes time. It's not the kind of thing where you want radical changes. No, right. And I said, what are y'all talking about? That's the incremental is the only way you're gonna go. You either accept it or just go just just go but drown your own tears. Like that's seriously. part of progressive phobia. It's always mm. worse than it's ever been. And well, I mean I could go by the hit the ugly history of progressivism back then with the Woodrow Wilson. They based on my academic study. I mean, I wasn't around that time. I could just draw academic and historical studies. Well, we, we, could ha- we, we could hammer that topic for days. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's a whole nother <laughs> I am business. not a fan of progressives, and I truly enjoy I'm no, not doing. I, I've never been either, even as an 18-year-old. I find I, it crazy. I, I enjoy, I, I've kind of given up uh, campaigning to a bit, to a degree. It's a bit of a young man's game, but I like beating progressives. <laughs> I still like it. Anyway, what's up next, unless we have more to go on this one? No, no, just, uh, you know, that's good statistics. I don't even know that um, Georgia and Florida is going to be the ones that's going to be really infected by it. It'll be I mean, interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. I mean, I didn't even know Illinois was no, was no more. But I know New York wasn't the worst in terms of not, I, I not the worst, but not the New most. New York and California were like fourth and fifth. Oh, okay. And well, then so it they, goes they on down from there. there. Yeah, and by I the way, to, I'm not rushing my abortion statistics. Yeah, I'm not most pro-choice people are not pro-abortion. They're they're just not willing to tell a woman what she can do with her body. And that's where I stand on that. I wish we lived in a world where no woman wanted to have an abortion, but we aren't there. No, no, we are we aren't there. I'm, I mean, me, I mean, my personal opinion. I'm against it, but I am not gonna be very strong and vocal. The only thing I won't do is just be with her when she does that because I listen and I, and I think that has to be a discussion between two rational adults and I'm assuming this is me just having a guess here I'm assuming they won't make that decision unless they really have to unless you know if it's if it's threatening to a woman if it's incest mm-hmm. of course I support it you know there's there, there's exceptions I'll, I'll cave in incest. yeah I mean and, and the, the bottom line is you know although <laughs> 
Rape is a tough one. If you believe Clarence Thomas, they're going to come after contraception, which I, I don't see that ever truly coming to fruition. But there are ways to prevent pregnancies, and I would encourage yeah. everyone to avail themselves of them if they're not ready to get pregnant. No, exactly. I say, you know, just use contraceptives. I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. against contraceptives. I mean, you know, and then and then and try, you know, just, just just try to be just try to make the better choice people. That's all there is to it. Right. I think in general, a good amount of Latinos are against um, abortion in general. Not not every single one of them, obviously, but a good amount of them are they more family oriented too. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them and based on the poll, which I'm going just stick to Latino um immigrant. Real quick, Latino, Latina. I don't mind using or Hispanic. I'm fine with either. Not Latinx. No, don't use that. No, 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 no. Oh no, I'm anti that. I, and I'm and I have some, you know, some of my DNA is Latino. So I, I was I was super offended by that. I was one of the, I was the majority. I was offended by that. Leave it to the Democrats. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Leave it to <laughs> the good fools, the Democrats. Okay, but whatever. I'm not someone called Democrats or whatever. Um, the La- certain polls have suggested now the. The Hispanic base is split 50-50, but 50% still Democrat, 50% is a Republican. Overall. I wouldn't be surprised. No, no, no. It's already, some yeah. polls are already suggesting that. I mean, more Hispanics have turned Republican, and they, if some seats are blue, they flipped red because Hispanics have turned Republican. Uh, yeah, Ronald I mean, Reagan's kind of right. He was onto something that they're Republican. He was, right. but what he what he couldn't do is convince Republicans to get over their fear of brown people. But if they ever do, right. the average rank-and-file Republican... Democrats aren't going to win anything serious for a very long time. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they have to. Yeah, they, they have to. I hate using this word a lot. Diversify with that. I mean, they have to do much better on that. Let's be real about the Republicans. Well, I mean, you know, I, and, and sadly, I don't see the Democrats getting their act together anytime soon. Oh no! Every time they get hammered the Republicans, by something like this, this is a yeah. green light, ironically, for you to take more Spanish. Yeah, well, I mean, all the progressives were blaming Republicans. I was like, blaming Republicans for Roe v. Wade. Oh, they've been they always the vocal. It's never their fault. They yeah, they've the been vocal they've about been what they've been trying to do ever since the it, abortion was legalized. Why? What are you blaming them for? They accomplished exactly what they set out to do. Yeah. I mean, not exactly. Again, you know, that was part of this insanity. Yeah, it's just it's not illegal across the country. Right. Right. It just shifted to the states. It's up That's to the states. Right. And, and well, of course, the gun control, they didn't. And, uh, and, oh. and then, of course, Clarence Thomas wants to go back and review gay marriage, contraceptives. Doesn't want to um, review interracial marriage, however. I wonder why. I mean, the answer's just right there. It's <laughs> yeah. crazy-ass wife who supported the insurrection. Oh, uh, oh, no. That part, I was very harsh on Republicans in. But anyways, mm-hmm. let's move on to the next one. Sounds good. Let's... Uh, okay, there is... And I'm quoting... I got all, And I got the... I clicked all your links here. And I said, this is exactly what I'm talking about. There's no tyranny like the LGBTQ, and I'll just add plus. I'm not adding all those extra damn letters. Tyranny. Yeah, I mean, it is They keep insane. adding more per month. And what, and what you know, but your listeners don't know, is, again, I live in Geneva, Illinois. It's in Kane County, which is about 50 miles due west of the city of Chicago. We have two of the largest city of uh, cities in Illinois in our county. We have Elgin, which is seventh or eighth with over 100,000 people, just over. And then we have Aurora, which is in second place with over 200,000 people. I live squarely in between them. Aurora has, you know, with the exception of the main COVID era, Aurora has uh, started up a pride parade back in, I want to say, 2017, 2018. 
And it's been a very successful event. It's, <laughs> and it's been a very successful event. It's much more family oriented than the Chicago Pride Parade, which is a little more in your face. But that's also what's expected there. The Aurora event, has I haven't been there, but a lot of my friends have, and they look forward to it. And it's a great event. So we, we, we have 2018 and 2019 without a hitch. Then COVID shuts it down, which again, don't I think we talked about that last time. Don't get me started. You couldn't catch it outside. But, you know, I would encourage people to go read back to 2020, read my months of COVID reports, and I predicted the path of the disease nearly perfectly. All it takes is a little intelligence. But I digress, the ADHD. So fast forward to 2022, uh, and suddenly the Aurora Pride folks decide Something that has not been a problem before that gay uniformed, well, any uniformed, but it's the gay ones that march, Aurora police officers could not march on their parade, nor could they bring their highly decorated official police vehicles. It's like, so the people that have been excluded for years, that couldn't get married, that couldn't visit their significant others in the hospital. The second they had a modicum of power, they became worse than what they loathed because they should know better. So, uh, I, I mean, and, and they would- to New York City as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it and, perfectly. They wouldn't relent. And, and the, the Aurora Police Department, uh, you know, we've all got our issues, but Aurora- was the first local police department, and by local, I mean Northern Illinois, I should be more clear about that, to hire an LGBTQ plus liaison. They were the first one to hire an openly gay police chief, Kristen Zeman. They consistently made efforts to reach out to the community. And when, in, in a way, no other city has, and they kind of became the template for doing that. But when people pointed out to the Aurora Pride folks this stark reality, well, we've got a long ways to go. And that's progressives. You can never acknowledge those successes. And so what happened? So the backlash was intense. I, I you know, took them on and I was brutal. Uh, and the city of Aurora has a requirement where based on the level of your event as determined by the past number of attendees, you know, you have to have a certain amount of the Aurora police officers work your event overtime to ensure the public safety, but you can't make the officers work overtime. So lo and behold, it comes time to do it. <laughs> the Aurora police officer said, if our gay brothers and sisters can't march, we're not working security. Oh, and they totally freaked out. The ACLU called it unconstitutional. They were going to sue. I mean, it was the, the best case of being hoist by your own petard. You know, a little Shakespeare there for you, Elias, that I have ever seen. And, and it was, it would have taught them, it would have been the perfect lesson. Be exclusive. Here's what happens to you. And, 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 I, and I, in the end of the column, I'm like, but again, the first word.net all spelled out. I'm, I'm like, and, you know, when a bakery won't make a birthday cake for you, a wedding cake for you guys and gals, you're the first one to go nuts. 
And now their theory was we don't want the uniform police to march because it makes people uncomfortable. Well, there's still, you know, look, did you have you ever watched Bill Burr, the comedian? If you haven't, I watched him a couple of okay. times. And he talks about, you know, have you ever had a conversation with your grandmother that just went off the rails? You know, my grandmother, my her, my great aunt used the N-word with impunity. What was I supposed to do? Kind of say, ugh, or just let it go, knowing they were generally good people, but still a product of their time. And, and what the, the Aurora Pride folks said is, well, being uncomfortable is an excuse to exclude people. And they just didn't get it. Now, the 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 insane end of that story is, I, I don't know, if, you know, Richard Irvin, the, the mayor of Aurora, uh, the man I unfortunately got elected. By the way, Elias, he ran for governor. And I wrote a column on, I mean, you know, you you, you can get away with being a pathological liar, mayor race, uh, alderman race, not an Illinois gubernatorial race. So despite Ken Griffin, our local billionaire, although he's moving to Florida, giving Richard $50 million, Richard finished in third place. And I did the math and it came out to $434 a vote. But uh, back to it, the, the city of Aurora finally acquiesced and offered triple overtime for officers to work the parade. Now, of course, I tried to get the city spokesperson, uh, Clayton Mohammed, formerly of, uh, from Boys to Men, the, the group, to explain to me where that money came from, the city of Aurora or the Pride folks. He never got back to me, so we know it was the Pride folks. But this LGBTQ tyranny, you know, going after people who just haven't quite caught up you know, I mean, we saw, we saw Bruce Jenner as a man for decades. We saw him in the Olympics. And it just takes a while to catch up to the notion of Caitlyn. And, and, but no, no, no. You know, progressives on Twitter, uh, which, you know, Dante never considered that 15th circle of hell, just have to go after anybody for anything. And, and, and this drives people into the opposite camp. And now look at it. Now we have Clarence Thomas saying, we have to review transgender and LGBTQ laws. And all the LGBTQ folks have to do is look in a mirror. Look, I'm not saying don't be your authentic self. But as I described before, I'm not a fan of PDAs. And that public, you know, what the, the PDAs, just, public displays of affection. I'm not the fan of anything in your face. I mean, my readers might go, what do you mean the columns you write? Nobody has to read one of my columns. Nobody has to listen to one of my podcasts. But when you get slammed incessantly for not being perfectly woke by people who are not perfectly woke. And they keep changing the standard every second of the day. Oh, of course they have to, because that's the only way it can be worse than it's ever been. Batavia, Illinois. You know, the, um, they are going nuts. Uh, Batavia is the first city south of Geneva. They call us the Tri-Cities, Elias, Batavia, Geneva, St. Charles. I think every state has a Tri-Cities or multiple Tri-Cities. Batavia, I mean, the first thing is, you know, they have a group of 50 ultra-progressive teachers who went nuts and said so much crap is happening we need to do something about it now. And they went to the newspapers. I, I, I've learned not to pound my fist on the desk from the radio show, but I'm going to do it that time. 
we need to do something about this now. And we went to the district. We demanded that they meet with us and they refused. Well, my good friend, Susan Sarkowskis of the Daily Herald foiled Freedom of Information Act, the administration's response. And they said, hey, let's meet. This is progressives. It, we, we, we can't acknowledge any progress because then our existence becomes meaningless. Fast. I, oh, God, you know, my book editor, Jim Davis, great editor. If anyone needs an editor, Jim Davis, formerly of the Daily Herald, he says, don't say fast forward, don't say, but I digress. So I'm going to try to eliminate those mannerisms. He said, nobody will get, but I digress means, you know, I'm rife with ADHD. So moving forward to uh, the end of the school year, a story was just rotating through um, the school, the district that a transgendered middle school kid was chased down the hallway and surrounded before he could get in the bathroom. Eh, not exactly what happened, Elias. What happened from the same teacher's point of view is the eighth grade boys were aware of this new boy. They were nervous about the prospect. And a couple of them did exactly the right thing. They went to talk to the principal and said, we're nervous. And as they talked to the principal outside her office, a crowd gathered around. That's all that happened. The right thing happened. But what did the progressives turn it into? A mob action that never took place. Oh, yeah. They got to spin it just to fit their deluded narrative. They always got to spin those. Right. And, and, and. That's just it. You know, in Batavia, they had six pride flags stolen and one Black Lives Matter sign stolen, and they claimed it's a hate crime. And they were going to charge it as a hate crime. I was like, you mean if I steal? I mean, it's it's election season here in Illinois. Um, the primary just passed June 28th. You mean if I steal a minority candidate's yard sign? And anybody who knows anything about politics knows that's one of America's favorite pastimes. Is that now a hate crime? What if I accidentally rear-end a car with a Black Lives Matter bumper stick? Is that a hate crime? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's a well, level... According to them, it is. It yeah, certainly and, is. And, their psychotic point of view. Oh. The problem is, when you call high school stupidity, and Elias, I am a betting man. I wish it was going better, but I'll get back to it. It'll, it'll, it'll get better. When, 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 I would be willing to bet any amount of money that this is a group of high school students who figured out that they can get a rise out of the entire flipping city by stealing some $25 signs. You know, do, do we really think Batavia, Illinois, has a group of young men who are on an anti-gay mission from God? Highly unlikely. So when you call that a hate crime, you know, it diminishes real hate crimes. Again, in the news, in I Idaho, uh, the Patriot Front showed up with riot shields and smoke bombs to disrupt a pride parade. But some locals noticed and uh, turned them in and it never happened. In San Francisco, the Proud Boys visited a library's drag queen reading hour. Say that 10 times really fast. I mean, I don't understand the need to have drag queen reading hour, but I, I mean, I bet the kids would think it's fun. They'd probably think, you know, he or she was a Muppet. Um, oh, that'll get me in trouble. You know, those are the real hate crimes that we have to look out for and guard against. Not stealing a flipping flag. And although, you know, all the hate crime talk, it did, it seems to have deterred 
what are likely these young men from continuing their quote rampage. But I mean, you have to have some perspective. It sucks whenever you get anything stolen. But you know, they burned my pickup truck on my driveway in large part because of my efforts to to stabilize our neighborhood, which in Geneva, you shouldn't have to. And the fact that I take, take people on in writing, that's a real crime. Stealing a flag. Anyway, so yeah, the, and the LGBT community has had, has just acquired too much power and they're wielding it as poorly as the straight white folks that kept them down for years. You know, Bill Maher, again, I don't always agree with Bill. I am not very religious, but I think his anti-religious crusade takes on religious overtones. But he noted how, it, you know, the, the, this transgender boom is statistically significantly greater in states like New York and California. And he noted that, what do you mean? That somehow Ohio doesn't have as many young boys and girls that don't feel like they're in the, the wrong body? It's become trendy. I mean, you got to give Bill credit. People, you know, Dave Chappelle started pushing back against the LGBTQ community. Bill Maher has done it. I've been doing it. You know, you know, and I like to feel like I have a little more gravitas in that regard because I've defended that community for 16 years. And by the way, that's one of my biggest gripes. 16 years of taking on bigotry in all the forms, all its forms. Now, suddenly I'm part of the problem in many people's eyes. But that's, oh yeah, because you're against that convenient narrative. You know, once yeah, you go exactly. against it, it's like, oh, piss, oh, piss off, you're the enemy. You know, you could do, you know, and, and some allies are. I'm sure you're not the only one that's going through. Some former allies, LGBTQ, is going through this too, and they saw. Wait a minute, you? Oh, absolutely. There well. are some, and then you know, someone is. Oh no, heads. you're no longer ally. You're the enemy now because just because yeah. you disagreed by one iota, one iota. This everybody deserves to be happy. But yeah. some people insist on making themselves unhappy and they're not happy until they're unhappy. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's gotten insane. And again, and the Democratic Party just acquiesces and they watch their more, their, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, but working class black people and working class Hispanic people are conservative. There's a border district in South Texas, 85 percent Hispanic that has voted Democratic for their entire existence until this year, where they voted in the Republican candidate. And the Democratic campaign manager was furious. He was yelling at these people, demanding, we have a right to know why you didn't vote for us. Well, it's simple. The legalized, the naturalized American Hispanics that live there were tired of the Democrats' constant pandering to the illegal immigrants who were overrunning their counties. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, working class black folks and working class uh, Hispanics, working class Asians are, um, they're conservative. And, and, and you know, uh, well off Asians, they are now leaving the Democratic Party. And again, they've been tradition, traditionally liberal. You have to be well off to live in San Francisco to some extent. It's one of the most expensive cities in the country. But the Democrats are dismantling all the gifted programs in schools across the country. And oh, that's where Asian racists. Yeah. You know, and oh no, give this 
you know, black person a D and then give this, well, I'm going to use an Asian student, make it extra inflammatory, an A, oh, that's racist. Yeah, you no, take I, the yeah, criteria, yeah. what they graded on? Yeah. You know, I, I, black I, yeah. people could achieve A's, you know, it's just, you know, it's not that it's not impossible. It's just that, you know, it's culture, no, a, raised up. Right. You know, an a that's what we got to get a into. Those are roots. But the Asian population, the, the more well-off, the more affluent said, You've abandoned my kids. I want them to be in the gifted program. So, but, but again, I'm getting a little back to the first topic. But right. the bottom line is, you know, it just comes down to, I don't care about your sexuality. And by the way, that drives progressives absolutely nuts. You know, I'm trying not to uh, swear too much. Huh? I know. You don't care about sexuality? No, and that's just, I know. And I mean, it stops them cold. I don't care. The only time I might care you know, I have in Evanston, I live near, I grew up with a gay couple next door. I, I, I don't care. It doesn't matter. And as I've said in so many columns, the thought of watching my portly, pasty, white, overwhite neighbors engaged in a carnal embrace makes me want to flee the subdivision. I don't want to know. I don't want to see. It's none of my business. Uh, Illinois has a brilliant concoction called the Illinois Youth Survey. And I don't know how I didn't catch on to it, but they give it to eighth graders, sophomores, and seniors here in Illinois. And as it turns out, Elias, it's a roadmap for drug use. I mean, there's a question in the survey, have you taken, and they list 22 opioids. And I'm like, I only knew 11. And I've written about this stuff. Did you get your opioids from your friend's medicine cabinet? Well, now the eighth graders know where to go. And it was a bazillion questions on sexuality. And I'm like, it's none of your goddamn business. But I wrote the column. I put it out there. And the backlash was enough to get the Geneva School District to drop the survey. It's like, why do you? And, and you know, and I talked to a number of administrators, and they tend to be more progressive, more liberal. It's like, all the rules are there already, but we need to know. Need to know what? If somebody's bullying someone, their sexuality shouldn't matter. You know, enforce the rules you have. I mean, just to add a little anecdote on my end, should I was picked not because of my um, not because of my or orientation, or whatever. It's just because you know you see me as a weak person when you perceive as weak as scr you know scrawny and all that. Yeah, pick on you on that. That's right? an excellent point. You know, I, I mean that the, the law we discussed. On that, okay, in Illinois now, you can't use being drunk, and you never have been able to, as a defense against a criminal act. Sorry, Your Honor, I was so drunk, I didn't mean to hit the window when I threw a rock. Sorry, no, you're guilty. But now you can use intoxication as a defense for being unable to consent to sex. And what does that say about women? You know, it's the same kind of logic that they're too weak. They're not smart enough. They can't take care of themselves that men used in the 1920s to keep women from smoking, voting, and owning property. And that's what progressives don't get, that in the end, this is ultimately the worst kind of patronization. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the, Elias, the, the LGBT community has to be as accepting as they want us to be accepting of them. It's yeah. really that simple. Or it's just going to get worse. Because they acting... I mean, to some degree, you can even say worse than their previous oppressors. Yeah, I would agree. They have become more than what they loathe. 
And when I used when I first started writing and covering the uh, Kane County Board and our local politicians, I would always warn them. They always loved that I was taking on the powers that be. But I was like, you know what? If you if this may switch, don't become what you loathe. And they inevitably did. Especially when you lack self-awareness, always play victim. Of course, I'm never going to get that. Nope. Yep. So I think we really beat this LGBT. We've, we've, yeah. Next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now the truth about, oh, I forgot. I was going to say CRT just for simplifying it because that's, well, a yeah. big, that's the yeah, big one. And CRT, that's also caused a lot of division. This it is, more is CRT and SEL. And CRT is critical race theory. And SEL is social emotional learning. And the critical thing is in and of themselves, you know, viewed with, with, with a, you know, no kind of tinted glasses spectrum, tinted blue or red, neither one is bad. And in fact, CRT is dead on. We are a tribal people, Elias. We were, we have outstripped our our, our revolution. Well, we've done that too. We've outstripped our evolution and we, we don't understand that being tribal in the days when we were not at the top of the food chain was what saved us. Uh, I do a funny passage in my impending book, The Diary of a Curmudgeon, about how, you know, after Tambora exploded, the worst volcanic eruption in the history of Homo sapiens, and we, we got down to like, you know, 400 to 1200 breeding pairs, but it's because they stuck together to some degree that they survived and went on to propagate the planet. You know, we are tribal. And unless you understand that, so what critical race theory says essentially is whatever tribe is in power, and that has traditionally been white folks, white males, will tend to levy, will, will tend to be inherently racist because they can't help but be otherwise. And yeah, that makes sense. So who's ever in power, eh, they, there tends to be a little bit of racism around them. Again, look at the Aurora Pride folks. The second they got the power, they behaved exactly like the people that uh, persecuted them. And that's not a bad thing to recognize. I mean, I have written for years that when I walk into a, a Tri-Cities traffic call, and, and I've walked in, thankfully, not only as a defendant, you go in and it's 50 to 66% Hispanic, uh, Asian, Indian, and black. And now I am sitting talking to you in a city that's 95% white. Batavia, 90% white. Uh, St. Charles, like 92%. Well, they might be a little lower. But still, you're talking about cities that are predominantly white. So yes, critical race theory explains why, in, a, in great part, why you, I walk into a traffic call and don't see nearly the, the proportionate amount of white folks sitting there. Perhaps some paid in advance, but it's still not enough. You know, you're talking 95% white Geneva. It's kind of tough to get up to that 60% minority mark. So yes, critical race theory does a great thing in explaining that and kind of saying, you know, we all should be aware of those propensities. We all should be aware that we are inherently tribal, that our lizard brain takes us in that direction. And it does so because that's how we survived for hundreds of thousands of years against, you know, an environment that was bound and determined to do us in. Well, then uh, 
university professors got a hold of CRT, particularly those in Illinois. And they flipped it to become white original sin. Uh, you know, they say they don't like the Bible, but eh, there's a lot of biblical undertones in it. And, you know, saying to white folks, calling them Karens, saying you're inherently bigoted because you're born white isn't going to go over well with anyone. And again, you know, it's just pressing the envelope much further than it needs to go right now. Yeah, I mean, Barack Obama was president. Um, you know, black folks are getting elected. Hispanic folks are going to become the majority before, long before you perish and before this old man does. But the bottom, and, and then we're going to see Hispanics do the same thing that white folks did. They um, they are definitely going to do the same thing. I because mean, if you look at history, if you just look at yeah, basis of Latin American history. They have separated, by, even by race, and even you know, just within yeah, with Hispanic land, Puerto Rico, where one of my, where where my parents came from, they have separated by race and all that. You think they're not yeah. racist? Oh no, they're <laughs> exactly no, they're not blameless on that front. Yeah. So, but but the point being that in its pure form, critical race theory explains a lot. In its abridged form. It becomes a tool to divide us. It becomes a tool to, to put black folks in untenable situations. And it is a tool for conservatives to use to take over school boards across the country. And that's exactly what's happening. Uh, the Washington Post did an article about, you know, these, and, and there's no other way to describe them, Elias, rednecks taking over school boards and being obnoxious about them. But, you know, Again, it's Newton's second law of motion. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And that is particularly true in politics. It goes back to you and I discussing exactly the way it needs to take place. Incremental change doesn't bring out those wild pendulum swings that make, you know, the left and the right nuts. And those of us in the middle think, what the bleep is going on? So so now, we, you know, we're calling white women Karens. You're saying white people are inherently bigoted. You're, you know, my, and my wife is a teacher in the East Aurora School District. My wife is a teacher in the East Aurora School District, by the way. It's a mostly Hispanic school district. You know, and, and all they care about is teaching the kids. But you have these, oh, and, and, it, and it gets to a level of insanity. And, and, it, and it just gets Republicans elected. Same thing with social-emotional learning. I was surprised because I looked at that and it's supposed to teach you how to cope with things a bit better, how to cope with disappointment, how to cope with bullying and reported, how to cope with not everything going your way. And I was like, that's the flipping parent's job. You know, much like it's my job to, to teach my children about sexuality, it, the, same thing here. But my wife said something interesting. She said, you know, when I'm in my school district, we really need to do it. Every morning starts with 15 minutes of SEL, but it's simply saying these kinds of things. Look, if you get really angry at a friend for something they did, here are better ways to deal with it. Because she said they certainly aren't getting it at home. And when you have Hispanic parents that work two to three jobs to support their families, I'm, I'm not too terribly shocked. So SEL in its pure form, again, not a bad thing. I, I remember, and I just used this in a column, you know, and this was really shocking in eighth grade at St. Nixon Evanston in 1972. 
all of a sudden they brought kind of a psychology aspect into the curriculum and we were default we were taught defense mechanisms sour grapes scapegoating etc cetera, etc cetera. and i was i was really fascinated by it and i learned a lot and i've never forgotten those lessons that was sel back in 1972 and it wasn't a bad thing oh but now now we're using it to teach about the gender-bred individual, which is this flipping insane core, you know, <laughs> the thing that says gender is fluid. What? So what? I don't care how you identify. You know, if you if a man wears a dress, I might look, oh, okay, fine. Well, maybe I'll get one like that. You know, it's not, you know, but but when you start using it to promote a point of view, when it expands into math story problems, you know, going on about, well, you know, should Johnny come out because the, you know, and that's what the, that, and then, and then you have these quizzes where how do you grade them? Because if you say something like sexuality is the last thing I consider when I measure the content of someone's character, that's not going to go over well. And, and that's what SEL has become in my wife's district, it's used well. In the Geneva and the Tri-City School District, it's used as a divisive tool. And I think the school boards are going to be a little surprised next time. And we're already seeing, you know, the writing on the wall with a lot of the anti-COVID folks are now candidates and they're um, winning. But no, you you can't. Uh, so they've been, co so these basically good thoughts have been co-opted by the far left, turned into an indoctrination tool, turned into a tool by which they will lose elections and then wonder what happened, or, or at least they could say now it is worse than it's always been. And, and, and they're not helping anyone. You know, the Catholic schools, the private schools around here, they just teach, you know, schools, school districts, and progressives will say, we want parents to be involved. This is our ultimate. No, they don't. They, they want parents to ignore their kids, which they generally do until someone criticizes them, until a teacher does something like that. And, and then they want to, you know, come in and be the noble, great teacher. Just no, no. You're you don't get to teach my children about where to find drugs in their neighbor's medicine cabinet. You don't get to teach them about the gender-bred person. That's up to me. You, you don't get to teach them that, you know, you know, about social issues that in Illinois have greatly been resolved favorably towards the minorities. Um, again, yeah, I would just like to add this minor point. Yeah, it's like parents versus state when it comes to children. Mm -hmm. Well, San, what, what progressives don't realize is the damage COVID has done un, utterly unnecessarily. The mitigations didn't save a single soul and they destroyed a generation of children. And again, it's a classic liberal saying that I find myself a man without a country, Elias. But, you know, the, the, the Democrats here in Illinois have destroyed, have made the lives of a generation of children much more difficult than they needed to be. And those there are people are the, the mothers, you know, mess with their children you know, create a visceral reaction in female voters and you lose elections. And now you've got that coming home to rest.
and now you've got um, you know this this uh, so so you you've got parents now willing to be involved, now willing to attend school board meetings, now willing to uh, run for school board. I mean, one of my yeah, ironically, friends. thanks to the so the the lockdown suit because he was able to hear. What are they teaching my kid? What the hell is yeah, this? Well, that too. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, um, yeah, hoist by your own petard. I have been using that line, uh, and, and that's not exactly it. And by the way, a petard in Shakespeare's time was an early mine. And hoist by your own petard meant you blew yourself up. Uh, and it's, and again, all these progressives are going to wonder why the pendulum moves so far the other way. And, you know, CRT, uh, you know, Mike, I have a very good, rabidly conservative friend in uh, Georgia, Ringold, Georgia. Uh, and, I mean, Phil would kill for me. And I am not shy about being anti-Trump. His friends would tell him to block me. Oh, and I used to have a little fun with him, too. You know, and today Phil was on and, and he goes, today's National Bikini Day. I go, yeah, I know. I'm wearing mine. Um but Phil's running for the local school board. And, you know, what progressives would tend to do is just go crazy, try to get him. And I'm just like, Phil, look, prom I'll help you. I'll help you with advice. But promise me, once you get elected, and he likely will in his county, you'll always put the children first. So I'm taking the opportunity. So I don't agree with Phil on everything. Right. I don't agree with Phil on much. Uh, music. But as an adult, you got to learn. Yeah, but you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to like, you know, there's there's some people I just can't get over the fact that they think the election was stolen, and I just can't deal with that constant haranguing. Me too. You know, at some point, show me evidence or shut up. Um, yeah, exactly. And uh, but with Phil, where would I be better off? And I am no saint, as anybody who will Google's me. Although most of the bad stuff is gone, I'm no saint, but. You know, I would prefer that Phil, if he gets on that board, put the kids first. Yeah, no, we don't need to spend as much money. We don't need to do CRT and SEL as it's being taught, but put the kids first. So um, it, it is amazing how we can turn uh, good things. And again, CRT does an amazing job of explaining our tribalism. And you've, and, you know, you did a great job of explaining it. You know, in Puerto Rico, the division between, you know, in, 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 I was just reading in a country, there's a massive division before the lighter blacks and the darker blacks. I mean, we are tribal. And when left to our own devices, we will go that route. But the antidote is not beating people down for giving in to a, a basic instinct that kept us, that kept Homo sapiens alive for so many eons and may put us at the top of the planetary food chain. It served us well. Now, not as much. All right. I mean, you changed your mind a little bit regarding your CRT. I just thought it was a gently back there. I like I educated how the original concept, I like the original concept because it's actually true. It can be easily mm -hmm. proven about we tribal. We're going to go by people who are look like us, similar to us. And of course, you know, share the you know, same culture, the same. Yeah, same thing. Is, yeah. I mean, that's that. That's it's sadly, that's just very normal. That's it's just incredibly. I mean, you can see it even among immigrant groups. Why, you know, a lot of like this neighborhood is, you know, why Dominicans got this neighborhood. The PR got. Well, actually, PR is kind of yeah, it, that's it, not it, a good it, example. The, the guy people for Ghana has this side, for example, because you mm -hmm. know, 
if the, you marry outside your group, you can be ostracized. You know, why, why, it, it is not, uh, you know, specific to white folks. So, yeah, no, there, there are good in both. But sadly, you know, the left likes to co-op things and make our yeah. lives and the lives of the people they purport to want to protect so much worse. I mean, I compare it to the social Darwin's. I mean, Charles Darwin's evolution theories was great until he used the social Darwin's. I was like, oh, Lord. Yeah. They start, they start playing among humans. Like, oh, this is going to end very well. Yeah. I mean, and I wish, I don't know what the, you know, I thought maybe COVID would bring us together a little more in the aftermath. It's worse than ever. Oh, I keep, for, ever, yeah. for, for a while when, you know, we, we, we were out really out from under it, I kept writing, nothing can top this. Nothing can top this. Not, now I don't write it anymore because something will inevitably top it. You know, I got our sheriff elected here in Kane County and he goes, oh, people are bleeping nuts. Yeah, You know, I, I don't know if it's the isolation. I mean, I like isolation. I was okay. But we have come out of this thing nuttier than ever. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So there I we have it. That. I mean, I, me, I went through my slight nutty face and then, then I adapted. I mean, that's just my, that's just well, a we, version yeah. of it. But then, you know, you know, you just gotta, you gotta adapt. You gotta change. You gotta change with it. You know, you can't just stay the same. I don't know. You're trying to act the way you act in 2019. I highly doubt it's going to work. Yeah, well, yeah, no, I, I agree. I hope I've evolved. God only knows. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I believe I evolved. Let me just say, I, I believe. <laughs> I'll give it to you, sir. <laughs> Anybody that can put up with me for as long as you do must evolve somehow. But uh, uh, I, I don't like putting stuff down like that. I, I, I disagree. I disagree strongly. I'm oh, I, I'm kidding. But yeah, no, yeah, yeah. again, I, you know, I, you know, whatever. My editor for Diary of a Curmudgeon, which again, I'm just about done. I got to go through Microsoft Word. It's called Track and and accept his edits, most of which I do. And and you know, he was he was terrified of criticizing me, and I was like, geez. You know, Scott, uh, Jim, geez, Scott Davis, that's cartoonist. Jim, Dave, Jim, be critical. He can't do what I do and not be critical. And so finally he goes, you know, Jeff, you know, when I first started reading you, I thought, woof, you're not as, this guy isn't as funny as I thought he was, as he thinks he is. But then I got to half the book and you really grew on me. I go, yeah, Jeff Ward is an acquired taste. I'm like a fine scotch. So that's kind of the way I think of myself, but. But still, it's fun to come on a show. It's fun to agree with someone. It's fun yeah. to not be on guard. It's fun to not do a monologue. Yeah, like yeah, you know, I, you know, so, could have come in here, come on with anti-Semitic statements. It just, it's like, hi, and then I want to start getting all controversial. No, yeah. I try not to. I mean, I, I, I have, I have to enjoy, you know, friends of both both sides of the aisle, and I find that mm-hmm. a great privilege. It is. Yeah. You know, you it's know. too easy to, to, you know, as Pink Floyd put it, to put pit us against them. You know, and and so in any event, hey, before I forget, and I oh, have yeah, to go insert. Can, yeah. can, can I mention my uh, oh my yeah, recent ahead. podcast fame? Well, oh, I don't know ahead. if 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 you, did you? I don't know if you and I discussed it prior to the first podcast. I, I sometimes tell people no, but, you haven't. Okay, I don't think no. I mean, it's not a secret. I mentioned it on the previous radio show. Most of my friends know it. I've put it in columns. But I was the subject of the Unibomb investigation for pretty much 16 of the 20 years of the investigation. Um, uh, it's a hilarious set of, well, they weren't hilarious at the time. It was an inexplicable set of coincidences that pointed the, the ATF originally in our direction, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Same thing with the FBI. As you might imagine, Elias, I would not back down 
And when the FBI, or I'm sorry, the ATF was interviewing my friend Greg and I, and they and I finally got fed up after four hours of it. They were stupid. They would not listen. They were convinced we did it and wouldn't take no for an answer. So I finally said, look, if we were going to kill people, and we don't want to, this was a Dungeons and Dragons group and wargaming group at Northwestern University in Evanston. There's much better ways to do it than a matchstick bomb because back in the first and second bombs, Ted just built matchstick things that flared up with a bright flash and didn't do anything. Well, that's not the right thing to say to a federal agent. You know better ways to kill people. Well, that perked him up. And then they went on to ask, like what? And I went on to explain, here's how. So fast. Oh, no, no, no. This started in 1978. Moving on to 2022, a group of folks at uh, Pineapple Studios, great production company, Eric Benson, the narrator and the interviewer, came to me through the agents I became friends with eventually and said, we had no clue this happened. We're doing a seven-part podcast on the Unabomber. We want you guys to be the third of eight parts. So I convinced my friend Greg to do it. I did it. I got them in touch with um, a, a roommate who became convinced I had done it based on the John Prine song, Sweet Revenge. I'm not going to give away the whole podcast, Elias. I don't want, this is fun listening. And last week, uh, the episodes finally came out. So if you go type in, go to Apple Podcasts, type in Project Unibom uh, at Google, you will see the podcast. Right now, parts one, two, three, and four are out. Uh, Pineapple Studios nailed it. They got the timeline better than I remembered it. And I lived it. Uh, and part episode three is the story of our Dungeons and Dragons group from Northwestern, the North Shore General Staff Wargaming Club, being considered the, the suspects, me moving up rapidly to prime suspect status. And, you know, we all have stories that forge us, you know, events that forged our lives and lives, some more than others. And you, you, I'm sure as you might imagine, the Unibom case certainly forged mine. I don't know if I'd ever become a journalist without that. And so, but how many of us enjoy the rare privilege of that forging story going global and being done incredibly well and in great part in my own words? So, I mean, I'm kind of excited about this thing. Um, you know, as I, I said to you, the only thing better than being the host of a podcast is being a guest on one. And, and it was so much fun finally getting to tell my story. It's been fun reading the reviews uh, so far with the, uh, the four uh, podcast episodes out. Everybody loves the third one. Uh, so I would encourage your um, listeners, if they want to uh, understand why saying, if why would you not cooperate if you have nothing to hide, doesn't always work. And it, I mean, how many of us can say we were, you know, she's right there at the top of a national manhunt. So thank you for allowing me to uh, plug that. Also, again, I, I am Jeff Ward. I, I'm a local campaign manager, although I could campaign manage for anyone anywhere. I love good candidates. Uh, my blog is thefirstward.net. My book, So You Want to Win a Local Election, which led me to you in the first place is available on Amazon. It's winalocalelection.com or me, or yeah, you could Google it. Uh, Forward Communication, my company, forwardcom.me. Um, you know, again, the first word.net all spelled out. 
I, I release columns twice a week. I've been doing many more podcasts covering local issues, but with a typically an overarching uh, national theme, like a zealous defense or don't become what you loathe. So life continues to be fascinating, sir, is all I can say. And thank you for letting me go on so long about all that stuff. But the Unabomb thing, to have the story finally told after 44 years, that's something, sir. Oh, yeah. I I mean, the only bragging I could provide to that is just bullshit for my head because I was not experiencing <laughs> like that. So, no, that's really awesome. So people really check this unique, exclusive podcast app. I believe it's only in Apple Podcasts. Well, them. I mean, you could get it from anywhere, but it's done by Apple Podcasts. Oh, it's yeah. done by them. Oh, okay. No, thank, thanks for And Pineapple Studios. You're part three. I think the episode is called Roll of the Dice. Yes, it is. They episode. Because of Dungeons and Dragons. And, and you know what? I will put that link in the description. I appreciate Those links. I get nothing. And a CRT and the SEL, all linked. It's going to be direct link. Well, I appreciate that. And again, I get nothing from the Unibom, Project Unibomb podcast, but it is a vindication. Yeah, I mean, when 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 people who don't know me that well say, "You mean to tell me a roommate became you convinced became convinced you did it based on a John Prine song?" and then they just start cracking up. But as you and I both know, Elias, truth is always stranger than fiction. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I realized that as a young man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Took me a little longer. <laughs> I realized that by, I'll say, at the end of 21, I was like, wow. So people really need to be this stupid and just not, wow. You, you had to deal with very stubborn FBI agents, especially the answer you provide. Oh, I can find better ways to kill them. Yeah, that certainly didn't help you. you know, but check it out. Yeah, that's I don't want to give away. That's the sprinkles that we're going to give you here. Check it out. The yep. link is going to be in the description. All right, I'm gonna give you the Apple podcast link. That's the one I have yep. coming, so you're gonna get it. All right, listeners. So that's it. So all righty then. Anything else you want to add before I actually close? I, I don't, no, no, this has been great. I, I it's rare that I you really truly let me speak as a guest, and it's a lot of fun. Yep. So uh I, I my wife does say I'm mildly entertaining. Perhaps there's something to that, mm-hmm. but I, I think you and I think alike. I think we come from incredibly different backgrounds and the fact that we still can come to what I would consider the most logical conclusions means there's hope for humanity yet. Oh yes. Even though sometimes ironically I'm, I'm sometimes more cynical than logical, but yeah, there is hope. Well, yeah, you're a little younger than me too. (laughs) So, you know, we all learn as we age, I hope. (laughs) I don't know. I'm sure for most people, except for the, I would say the progressive people, I don't apply to them. Oh, I think the older they get, the worse they get. Yeah, me too. <laughs> no one comes to progressive people. Mm-hmm. They got that's not the majority of the world. It feels like it the way the attention, the amount of attention they got, but they're not the majority of the world. Thank no, you. and they will. The pendulum is already swinging. God knows what it'll go to, but it's swinging. <laughs> All right, that's so. Let me just end it right here. I uh, thank you for having me on, Elias. No problem. Welcome to Mid Tech. So, what do we have here? Our first item is from The Verge. Yep, that's the source. And interestingly, if you remember, this website is going to be nostalgia to iGeneration, particularly LimeWire. Remember that? Um, 
an application where you could just download free music illegally and even some viruses we wasn't careful. Yeah, I'm just spinning it because the author decided to go down a nostalgia trip. Listen, those were fun times. I remember that application when I was 13, 14, 15 years old. I think I stopped using that when I was like 16. Down some free music. Well, simpler times back then. But anyways, enough of that. The reason why I'm telling you about this is because it's been the dumping ground of celebrity NFTs. And just in case you haven't been caught up, NFTs is, stands for Non-Fungible Tokens. It's a feature of the Web3. And FYI, the Web3 LimeWire is not affiliated with the original one. Okay, they purchased a new company founder that purchased a website domain for the former employee, Mark Gorton, the CEO of the FileShare LimeWire. And he was aware of the new plans and he was quote unquote not thrilled. And this is, you know, some people's just buying old, old domains, old names, old IPs, whatever you want to call them. And just try to bring them back from oblivion because they were because as of today, Napster, iWire are completely irrelevant. And they're just trying to use this name. Just, you know, they want to exploit the nostalgia market. They exploit people like me and others who are in, in the same generation. Okay, and then there's about 10,000 Soldier Boy. Not my favorite artist, by the way. NFTs, they already been dropped by the time this article was done. So that's why I have for you. So just be aware of NFT. Don't, don't be freaked out by the NFT with the whole LimeWire logo in it. And so far, according to this article, they have captured at least 24 pictures of that. And of course, I always forget to welcome my unofficial co-host, the Streets of New York. All right, that's it for your first item. Second item is from CNET.com. And this one, I like in some ways. I have a small thing against it is because I don't trust Facebook and it's data sharing, especially personal information. That's the only thing. But it's great that they're using this just uh, tra they have translated over 200 languages, which that's actually amazing. No human can ever speak that much. Those much languages. The most I know was probably what eight, nine or ten. It probably, probably could be very few that could speak more than that. I'm sure. And this is good for the time that we use a very globalized internet. I mean, you have to be living on the rock not to know that. You know, English and Spanish speakers are well catered to, but other languages, not as much. Mark Zuckerberg's calling it an AI superpower, of course. And then they, they're heavily invested in AI research. And they're making sure that the... That this does not, you know, include a hate speech across the platform. That's what terminology for whatever words they like. Eyes roll, eyes roll, eyes roll. But just make sure that the thing could translate correct, even harsh things, because we need to know what the harsh things mean, right? Just, if you want to censor everything as bad, well, this is why we have a bunch of sensitive ass people. When you hear one very very mean word their world is destroyed i mean come on shit man times wasn't this sensitive before anyways so it's great that's my little caveat but other than that it's great that it translates in languages i don't think french is translated as well probably norwegian japanese russian dutch maybe 
English and Spanish are well taken care of. I agree with that. Those are the popular, very popular languages for online. And of course, they're going to use this all meta, meta social platforms. So that's good that they have AI translating languages. Make sure to translate accurately. Just just don't be as stupid as um, Google Translate. Because sometimes with Google Translate, when I translate, when I use it for English, especially with Spanish interpretations, some of it be funny. Ah, uh, no, that sentence is not full correctly. See, thank you. Thank goodness I don't fully trust it. I don't blindly trust it. That's kind of, that you reserve that for God, not the machine. Okay. Um, that's not to say about that before I go off the rails. Um, but if you want to really have no languages left behind, you're going to have to translate at least about a thousand more, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's over 10,000 languages speaking across the world. There's a lot of local languages that are not known, especially in uncontacted, very distant off the grid villages. So, you know, I get made for effort. I'm not going to bash them. This is uh, mostly a good thing. But once you start speaking this whole wokeness, and it's just like, oh, highs roll, hate speech, and all that. We say, as this company, when is Congress going to rain down on Facebook? Uh, probably, probably never, unless we elect a bunch of people who's willing to ch challenge big tech. It's not just the president. The president will not do it, just, that's for sure. It's like the whole bunch of people's gonna um, challenge big tech. We're not afraid. We're not um, influenced by their lobbyists, okay? And that's gonna take some time. Because even a good amount of Republicans that pretend to go against them, they fully shift to. Yeah. And you hear me bash wokeness, but I'm even bashing the Republican politicians too, because a lot of them, they, they get influenced by the lobbyists. You know, they always do this whole hearings, this, you know, hat Mark Zuckerberg and the other big tech CEOs hold to account, but nothing really happens. Let me stop being very political, but it's good that they have something to translate at least one. It's a very good start. Alright. So that's it for the second item. The third and last item for mid-tech is from Tech Radar. Yep. Hackers are using YouTube videos to trick people into installing malware. Wow, these are smart in a sick way, these these hackers. They're promoting fake Bitcoin mining software. And leading to YouTube because YouTube is still massively popular. It is the undisputed website to watch videos to say otherwise is ludicrous it's insane and then they got the down they got the downloads from the video description comes with a password protect archive wow to make, to make you feel i think of trust them wow what a great bait just watch out for this okay just watch out just pay extra attention if you because i know all ages watches on youtube okay it's not just young people there's plenty of middle age, even elders watching YouTube. So you train them together. You say some of these are more productive things you want. Yes, I say listening to the lawyers. Uh, if you're atheist, that's fine. That's your business, your life. Just don't air shove that down my throat. We really have a conversation about that, but you're happy to do, to do that. Because I do have atheist friends. I don't hate them. That's between them and the Lord. The malware, uh, now back to malware. The malware is called Pennywise, okay? Which steals a bunch of data. They take in system information, login credentials, cookies, encryption keys, and master passwords. It also steals Discord tokens and Telegram ses sessions. So, wow. What an advanced evil thing we have here. No, and then it compresses it to single power since a servers are under attacks control and then it self-destructs. And then while it's in a defended environment, it just stops and will operate. So that the security softwares 
or even the website itself won't even be able to you know, be able to catch it. But for some reason, it's not very effective in Russia, Ukraine, Belarus, or Kazakhstan. Hmm, interesting. So, if Eastern Europe says, so is this Eastern European origin? Or they want us to believe that. Well, I could advise you, which is a free advice, is just pay attention and be more alert. That's all I can say. Because other than that, I got nothing. All right, let's wrap this up. This was a short and light. This is a short light segment compared to the previous one. As you know, I like to conversate with Jeff Ward. Uh, you should know that by now if you've been listening to this podcast. If not, it's your first time, that's okay. Welcome, by the way. LimeWire has become a dumping ground for celebrity NFTs, in which they're trying to bring this dead company name brand back to life. I mean, this died at the end of Web 1 here. That's how you can say end of when Web 1, beginning, very beginning of Web 2, definitely. You can die like 06, 07. Yes, that's very beginning of Web 2, social media. And Napster's trying to do the same. For some reason, the old people, the police have those domains in the company, not to throw. So, Meta has a mission called No Language Left Behind. Translate now 200 languages. You know, with these AIs, they can update 200 different languages and they're trying to promote tech accessibility to people who speak French, for example, Japanese, lesser languages, we probably put Russian, Ukrainian, which is similar Russian, Polish, which have some similarities to Russian. If I'm wrong, feel free to correct me. I could take criticism. You know, English Spanish are well taken care of. I am Chinese too. You know, that's a bit of a contentious one. They try to use these after reduce hate speech across these platforms. Okay. Yeah, but you screw around without data, so that's a problem. I mean, I only, only have used this for business now. I don't use it for personal things like I used to do Facebook. And, you know, you check them out. I have the link to my Twitter and Facebook. If you want to follow it, when you know when you know when episodes are released, so don't subscribe. Subscribe to either Facebook or Twitter. Those are the social medias I'm using. I'm planning to install an Instagram one as well sometime in the future. Okay, that's all I can say. All right, and it will increase accessibility. That's for sure, especially those who don't speak English or Spanish. I already said what my caveats are. I'm not going to repeat them. All right, and Cybercrimes will be using YouTube to lure people into a very Delicious and advanced intelligent Pennywise software which steals all bunch of stuff. It steals your login credentials, your information you have this is cookies, encryption keys, master passwords, it even takes Discord tokens and telegram sessions. It takes screenshots along the way. Wow. It self-destructs and it says my information to attacker. Use that at their disposal. Once the defendant environment is stay silent, so it will be detected. And the victim reports either located in Russia, Ukraine, Belarus, or Kazakhstan. Mm-hmm. They saying that they could be Eastern European, which it might be true, but we don't know that for sure. Because have you ever heard of IP disguising? CIA, CIA has done it. I've done hacking that may look like the Russian, even the Chinese have done it. So it's just like that. Yeah. So it's not always what it seems. So just keep open mind. Can it be them? No, it doesn't limit it doesn't eliminate the possibility that Eastern Europe has something to do with this. But this is not uh guaranteed either. This is not a bullseye. So it's either way, you know. I don't I don't have the answer here. 
So alright, that is it for this segment. We'll reach the third and final segment really, really soon. Welcome everyone to the third and final segment of Analytically iTech. Swear topic finale, WTF for sure. We have two items here. And this is an extension to primary politics. It's a lot of political stuff going on. And I don't have a weird topic for you. This is what we have. So Shinzo Abe was killed. And it's very, very, very sad. He was essentially the kingmaker of Japan. He was he was the longest he served as Prime Minister the longest. So he beats everybody in that category. He when he was in charge. He led the Liberal Democratic Party, the LDP, LDP, okay, stands for Liberal Democrat Party. He was a great influential figure, okay. I think he did a pretty good job as a leader, in my opinion. This is just an opinion of uh, an American foreigner here. And then they got some guy, some Tetsuo Yamagami, formerly is a hell of a grudge against a specific organization. So this is the guy who killed Prime Minister with a handgun, I mean, I mean, of course the Japanese are going to have such a flawed security. I mean, if you would have dealt as much gun violence as America, I'm sure that they would have had a much better security. Who knows? It's super, super rare. It's extremely rare. This is, you know, only s how many people die from gun violence? Yeah, I got to talk about guns here because we talk about someone who got shot. Only six people in 2014 has died in Japan from a gun. Compare that to, yeah, close to 34,000 in the United States. Yeah, he pushed, he pushed more assertive policies and defense. He was not pro-China, and I find that a very good thing. And he was about fiscal stimulus, structural reforms, monetary easing. In some ways, he was kind of like a Republican to some degree. I don't want to say exactly like, because... This is Japanese politics, I don't compare it to the United States that much. I'll be oversimplifying it and I would say downright disrespectful. So this horrible was disgusting. Dived into him, the, the the guy didn't care, was wounded in the neck, bleeded very profusely, was unconscious, and then he died. It's, it's a sad it's a very very sad. And anyone who enjoys this is even you could disagree with him politically, but you will not for this she just mentally ill and he died at the southern city of Nara so that's just wow so so sad alright let's get into a more interesting note here second item from the Cosmo Chronicle the, the site for Central Abe before I move on it's from BBC News and I think they have overly politicized that so I give BBC News credit so there is uh, essentially an Arab version of NATO, and I want to read its real potential name. They think they might go with Middle East Strategic Alliance, or MESA for sure. I think that's a good one. But the full name is the Middle East Strategic Military Alliance. So it's gonna be MES. Not that bad, but MESA is better. You want the new Security Alliance? This this goes back to Obama, but Trump really tried to push it. Success. Six Gulf states are gonna be joining this. Qatar, Saudi Arabia, the United Arab 
emigrants, UAE for sure, Bahrain, Kuwait, Oman, and Egypt supposed to join, and also Jordan. And they want to, and they're gonna, they're gonna, use, gonna try to use this alliance theoretically to challenge Iran, which Iran, with his military force, could, well, just based on numbers, they could um, keep up with all with the military attacks from these Gulf states. I mean, Iran is kind of, I mean, in terms of the Middle East, Iran is pretty strong, militaristically. Not that I'm kissing the enemy's butt here, but they have close to a million, you know, they have close to a million personnel, so it's strong. And a lot of them don't even come close. So when you have, what, 50,000, the strongest are 200,000, not that impressive. That's why they, they need that. And if they have, Israel coming in there, and that's what makes it controversial because Israel is a good part of that, and not all Middle Eastern states like Jordan, for example, don't recognize um, Israel. So that's going to be interesting because um, Israel do have advanced weaponry. I mean, I have the biggest military, but they do have very advanced weaponry. That could help. That could help. You know, NATO was formed to counter communism, Soviet Union. You know, nothing creates an alliance like a common enemy. The common enemy is Iran. So that holds very, very true. You know, and they could do well together if they combine all their strengths. Like Egypt has a good land force. UAE, the Saudi Arabia have excellent air force. It's not established, it's all theoretical here, but this would be interesting. I really think that they should have, they shouldn't call it the Arab NATO. I think that's just disrespectful, but this is how that's how we, <laughs> us in the West call it. I would say Middle East Strategic Alliance or MESA for sure. That'll be better. It's more randomable, if you will. You know, so I think the United States should um, push this. Hope um, Joe Biden actually succeeds here because this will be very paramount. I'll give him a little bit of credit here. I think the only thing I agree with him is just raising tax. It's probably a and maybe a few other things, but that's what that comes to mind right now. Yeah, because getting you know, too much breaks, nah, some of them CEOs agree, so I agree with them. All right, but back to the topic again. Back to the topic. I think they should. Is it really necessary? Of course it's necessary. And who's the author here? Baran Maya. Yes, Baran Maya. It's very necessary. I'm answering that question for you. They need to counter a very powerful enemy of Iran, okay? Iran are close to making nuclear weapons. Close. And if they, and then if we, and then if Israel, Jordan's, Jordan, and then, you know, the next target could be Syria as well. And I won't, and I won't be surprised on um, Afghanistan as well, because they want to counter domestic terrorism as well. That's on the rise again, according to some reports. So I think they should. I really think they should. I mean, is this going to be easy? Nope, because according to theories, they say Saudi Arabia could greatly benefit from it. Now, Monica Dub is the Arab NATO. I think that's disrespectful. I just think they should call it the Middle East Strategic Alliance. I think that's a good acronym for them. And U.S. should play a, a role. Not the major role, but they should play as a meteor of some sorts. Not as the, the leader. I think the U.S. should play a role, especially in the forming stage. And I hope it succeeds because it needs to come together. Israel's having a better relationship with Saudi Arabia and the UAE, so 
there's more possibilities to that. And Iran's getting extra hostile and they're close to having nuclear weapons and they threaten, you know, they threaten to bomb the crap out of Israel. Who knows? They could use it to counter even, you know, maybe going down the road here. I'm just, I'm just spitballing here, but they could probably target Syria, Afghanistan, the terror part, and maybe even Pakistan. Who knows? This is all in theory. Hope it works out though. So to wrap this up, wrap this up. Shinzo Abe died. Security was flawed. The nut was a 41-year-old man. I'm not repeating the name again. He just held him. He killed him with a handmade gun. It's just super shocking because this is extremely rare in Japan. Very strict. Extremely strict guns. Probably New York is probably a little more relaxed than even Japan. They're just, because you don't know why, they banned. Banned. It's getting stricter than that. Messing why Abe was targeted. It's this this politics, come on. This politics. That's my guess here. This is politics. He was carrying a gun. Shot him. Of course, the bystanders were shocked. They were very shocked. I mean, if out of a country that hardly had guns, I would have been extremely shocked too. No, it's not like America. America has this way more off. That's why it's not as shocking to Americans. And that's including myself. Alright, and then... Mess, then... Mesa, that's what I'm calling it. Middle East. Is necessary to counter Iran, possibly in Syria, possibly even Afghanistan. And the members, which is very important, who are the members potentially going Qatar, Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, UAE for sure, Bahrain, Kuwait, and all, and also Egypt and Jordan. And another reason I forgot to mention why this is so necessary is because, you know, the United States used to supply security for oil, but that's no longer the case. That dynamic is dead. That's why this is very necessary. If the U.S. was staying there, this whole strategic alliance thing would not be that um, too necessary, but it is. And they need to combine their forces together, especially going to counter a powerful foe like Iran. Iran is strong. And they're speculating. And they're saying that the UAE and Saudi Arabia has great air forces, but the air force is not that great. And Egypt has great air forces. But the basic question, who's going to lead that block? I don't think America should leave that block. And of course, to the critics, the this kind of this kind of lies, this kind of alliance is down on arrival. I, mean, I can see a couple of reasons why, because not all these these members of this theoretical body um, recognizes Israel as a country, even though Arab and the Jew, the Arab nations and Jewish state as a group of nations, especially the UAE and Saudi Arabia, more notably. I think it's necessary because nothing forms an alliance quicker than a common enemy. And that is still true to this day. Alrighty then, that's all I have to say. So have a blessed day or night, and you can wait for the next episode to arrive on next week and next week Sunday with very, very interesting one or two guests. One is gonna be especially interesting for Weird Topic Finale, especially regarding it's very interesting so stay tuned stay tuned and check check on on a cast or whatever you get your podcasts okay and that will be places like the apple podcast spotify anchor stitcher radio public you name it it's a, yeah i'll give you the link to the, the site so like that you can know which buyer gives this all of them gives my podcasts so thank you so much once again I...